This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Micah Drew, once again taking over from my colleague Andy Viano as host of this week's podcast because Andy will be the guest today to talk about his cover story, A Matter of Life and Death, about an unprecedented spree of deadly officer-involved shootings in the Flathead Valley. Andy takes us through the four deaths in the last year at the hands of local law enforcement, what it's like covering these cases and investigations as a reporter, and how agencies are responding to the rise in violent police interactions at the local and national level. If you haven't already read the piece, do yourself a favor and head to flatheadbeacon.com or pick up a print edition of the Flathead Beacon on newsstands throughout Northwest Montana. First of all, a reminder that this podcast is made possible in part by the members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms and do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some extra perks too. To find out more or join today, check out beaconeditorsclub.com. And now I'm joined by fellow staff writer and longtime Flathead Beacon podcast host, Andy Viano. Andy, thanks for coming on the pod today. My pleasure. Andy, this week you reported the cover story for The Beacon, A Matter of Life and Death, which is a look at the drastic increase in deadly officer-involved shootings among Flathead Valley's law enforcement agencies. There have been four deadly shootings involving law enforcement in the Valley in the last year, uh, which ended up being the first time in 13 years that the Flathead County Sheriff's Office was involved in a deadly shooting and the first time in the department's 100-year history that a Kalispell police officer was shot on the job. You started covering the cops and courts beat about a year ago, right when the first shooting was. Can you talk about what it was like shifting your focus to a new beat and diving into these pretty harrowing and complex cases? Yeah, I mean, part of it for a reporter, I guess, is is exciting. That's one of the reasons uh, these are, are uh, high profile, pretty interesting, uh, albeit tragic stories. Um, so to, to be able to, to try, I guess, and, and sink your teeth into, into what felt like a big story at the time, which was the, the shooting death of Tony Grove that occurred right before I came on the, the cops and courts beat was a, uh, an interesting opportunity. They do end up being very difficult investigations to cover because law enforcement is very reluctant to release much information. Um, not that law enforcement typically is is very forthcoming anywhere, just sort of the nature of of that job in some ways and, and the need to protect some of that information for for legal reasons. But it has been almost a year and we still today know very little about at least three of these four shootings. Um, so that was uh, a unique way to get started on the beat. And, and uh, the cases, I guess, have only gotten a little bit simpler from uh, since day one. So been uh, been interesting to track in that way. Let's start with the one case that we do know the most about. You open your piece with a pretty detailed, harrowing, and and hard to read account of the uh, death of 52-year-old Tony Grove at the hands of several law enforcement agents. What was it like reporting on that, going through court documents and, and being in the courtroom and listening to some testimony on it? 
Yeah, the the coroner's inquest, uh, which is a, a, a hearing that that convenes pretty rarely, but almost always in in fatal officer involved shootings, uh, was last Friday, and that was the first time that much of the investigative information, the, almost everything outside of just the initial reports and the initial nine one one calls that were placed, that had been withheld um, legally by the Flathead County Attorney's Office. As this investigation was ongoing and, and withheld from both me and, and the general public and even from Tony's family. So Friday, we got to watch and listen to all of that and hear from the people who were there, including the officers who fired the fatal shots and from, from Tony's family. So it was pretty emotional day. I mean, we are, I think, as the, as the headline of the story goes, it's, it's life and death and, and, they don't get more serious uh, situations than what occurred up on on Rogers Lake Road in Kyla last year. So to see all of that, especially after a year of all these questions and, and hearing some accounts, you know, off the record of of what happened, and and in this case, having that video, there was drone video of the you know most of the incident happening, including the 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 final moments of of Tony's life to watch that video uh, and to hear some of the emotion from from Tony's family and even from the law enforcement officers was uh yeah I guess the only word I can use to describe it was a really emotional day with the other three cases you mentioned that very few details have been forthcoming what can you tell uh, people about the other three incidents in the valley so we'll have coroner's inquests in those other three as well. Two of them are being investigated. They're always investigated by outside agencies. Two are being investigated by the Division of Criminal Investigations, which is DCI. Uh, it's a branch of the Department of Justice. They are up next. Uh, the second officer-involved shooting was in or just outside Woods Bay. That one, probably the most cut and dry of the four. There are photos from that scene of a, of a a Flathead County Sheriff's Office vehicle with with bullet holes in the windshield. So I don't think there are a ton of questions about whether or not shots were fired. Um, and the the man who was killed in that shooting is also suspected of of committing a murder earlier that day, which is one of the reasons the reason he was fleeing from law enforcement before that pursuit ended. So that one is is up next. That investigation has been turned over to the county attorney's office. I believe in Lake County, technically down there to be to conduct a coroner's inquest. So that should be coming soon. In December of last year, we had a shooting it was in Sanders County. It was outside a bar in the little town of Trout Creek that involves Flathead County law enforcement because as one of the larger agencies in the area, they, along with the Missoula County Sheriff's Office, were on the scene performing as, as SWAT teams. And the Flathead County SWAT team includes both folks from the sheriff's office and from the Kalispell Police Department. Um, that is the incident you referenced earlier in which a Kalispell Police Department officer was shot. Uh, that investigation is ongoing, so has not been turned over to the uh, Sanders County Attorney's Office. But once it does, we'll have uh, a coroner's inquest there. And then the final one was back in February of this year when a man was shot at a inside a gas station convenience store in South Kalispell. That investigation handled by the Flathead County Sheriff's Office. The incident itself is uh, via the Kalispell Police Department. That one is com- the investigation is complete at least as well. So we'll have another coroner's inquest in Flathead County uh, in that case at some point in the future. But other than those basic details, really, that someone was shot 
um, that in at least that in two of the cases, uh, shots were allegedly fired at law enforcement. Um, and then in the third case, the, the one at the gas station in South Kalispell, the, the man was alleged to have attacked an officer with, uh, with a wood object. So we talked about how these are pretty rare events for law enforcement agencies to be involved in deadly shootings in the Flathead Valley. But this also seems to be a trend happening statewide. Can you talk about that and, and what people think about this obviously disturbing upward climb in, in deaths? Yeah, and it it is occurring also at a time where there's a lot of national conversation about use of force. And, you know, these four incidents in the Flathead County don't involve a, uh, a racial element. These are all white men who were shot primarily by white men, although there are some women involved and, and people of color in these incidents as well. But there have been 33 now officer uh, or in custody deaths, which incorporates officer involved shootings uh, and really anyone who dies while in the custody of law enforcement, which most of those deaths that aren't uh, shootings by officers are suicides that uh, that occur mm-hmm. during a police interaction. But 33 of those since the start of 2020, that's more than there were from a for a five year stretch from 2012 to 2017. And they've been steadily climbing since that time. Uh, Brian Lockerbie, who heads up DCI, the Division of Criminal Investigations, called it disturbing. Uh, he has a number of theories on on why that might be happening in the state. You know, I, I guess for one, very simply, there's growth. There's a lot more people here than, than there used to be. We keep seeing all of those stories and, and law enforcement resources uh, getting stretched thinner and thinner with more to do. There are mental health components to a number of these things. And there are substances involved in a number of the recent officer-involved deaths that have been intoxicating substances found in the victims. And in the past year, of course, there's the pandemic to consider. People have been stressed and, and you've seen conversation, most of it anecdotal still, as we don't keep great statistics in the county, uh, but about an increase in violent crime. We've seen some pretty disturbing homicides, uh, an uptick in, in violent assaults. Uh, it's been a very difficult year and a half for a lot of people. And there's been a lot of pressure on people's lives. And unfortunately, that has caused more violent interactions, which which have then in turn led to deaths, which which as I, I say in the article is the worst possible outcome for everyone involved. And and not to say that that all of these situations were clearly unavoidable, um, but I don't anticipate that in any of these situations we're going to find, you know, say like happened in, in Minneapolis, that we have a police officer put on trial and accused of some criminal behavior in, in any of these cases. What have your conversations been like with the heads of, of our law enforcement agencies? Well, they, uh, like I said off the top, they don't really love talking about this subject. Um, mm-hmm. but both Brian Hano, the, the sheriff in Flathead County and Doug Overman, who's the chief of police in, in Kalispell, uh, are generally pretty willing to, to open up and have these conversations. And I think they feel the effects of some of the national narrative as well. They, both say they have a very supportive community. Politics are are a part of this. The Flathead Valley is an extremely conservative community. Those are the kinds of communities that tend, say, to not favor things like defund the police and, and support law enforcement. And so they feel that here locally. Um, but they also don't appreciate, you know, what they feel like is a national conversation attacking and maybe attacking is too strong a word, but but questioning 
what law enforcement practices are. And, and one of the things that I wanted to get into with both of them and did in these stories is that these shootings, again, making no judgment on whether they're justified or not, they have a major impact on the people who pull the trigger as well. Uh, Brian Hano talked a couple of times that, you know, within four or five years, once you're involved in an incident like this, you're typically not in law enforcement anymore. He, he talked at one point about seeing a sort of quietness in, in the people who have done this. Nobody gets I, I mean, I hope, and if, if there are, it's very few, but almost nobody gets into law enforcement to kill people. It's an awful thing, I'm sure, to have to go through and to, to hear from the coroner's inquest last week, the fear in some of those officers having a gun pointed at them and fired at them. A man was trying to kill them last week or, or a year ago that we found out about last week. And so the the number of, of mental health resources that are now available is very different than it was even a year ago, as these departments, unfortunately, have learned how to deal with these types of situations better because they've, they've just been through so many of them. And yeah, the, the difficulties of getting to hear about all of their worst days in the newspaper, on TV, on Facebook and everywhere else. Uh, is hard and and it has taken a toll on these these departments as well well andy i appreciate you coming on the podcast today and you did a phenomenal job with this story uh, it's very well reported and it offers a very good look at what is a, a terrible trend we're seeing in the valley as well as the state so thank you for all of your work on the beat and thanks again for coming up to chat today well, you're too kind but thank you my pleasure Thanks again to my colleague Andy Viano, and to find out more about the Flathead Valley's recent law enforcement-involved shooting deaths, go read Andy's story in this week's Flathead Beacon, A Matter of Life and Death. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m., Tuesday, May 11. A collaborative maintenance project between Flathead County, Glacier National Park, the Flathead National Forest, and the U.S. Border Patrol to make improvements along several miles of the North Fork Road is likely due to be delayed yet another year. Flathead County Public Works Director Dave Prunty said that the U.S. Border Patrol no longer has their portion of the costs lined up which officials with Border Patrol say is due to the project's consistent delays. Elsewhere, the Montana University System Board of Regents is considering a policy that would allow people to have concealed weapons on Montana's public college campuses if they have firearms training and keep the guns holstered or locked in their rooms, with the exception of self-defense. Students, faculty, and visitors to college campuses would be allowed to carry on campus if they certify that they have a concealed firearm permit in Montana a similar permit from another state, or firearm safety training. More than 150 people have signed up to comment on the policy during a meeting of the Board of Regents which will run from 3.30 to 5 p.m. on Wednesday, May 12th, and a vote will take place during a meeting on May 26th and 27th. 
Less than a week before Whitefish's emergency mask ordinance was set to expire under a 90-day provision enacted in February, Governor Greg Gianforte signed House Bill 257 into law, which removes the ability of local governments and health officials to issue and enforce ordinances that deny customers access to a business's goods or services or that require a business to do so. In addition to becoming one of the first municipal governments in the state to adopt an enforceable mask mandate, Whitefish was the first city in Montana to enact an emergency ordinance prohibiting hotels and short-term rentals from accepting reservations for non-essential purposes. The Whitefish City Council adopted the restrictions on lodging in response to an inrush of -of out-of-state visitors who converged on Whitefish seeking respite from the pandemic in cities with higher population densities. Under this new law, such a response would be prohibited. In Glacier National Park, officials report that the newly instated ticketed reservation system to access the 50-mile-long Going to the Sun Road are selling out at an almost unfathomable pace. Reservations for June sold out within minutes after they were made available online, even as a rolling 60-day window for reservation availability means more tickets come online every morning at 8 a.m. At one point, shortly after the tickets first went on sale, the website traffic to the online portal recreation.gov which the park uses to sell tickets, exceeded 10,000 people, more than three times the number of available tickets. Approximately 75% of the entry reservations are available up to 60 days in advance, with the remaining tickets set aside for release two days in advance in order to accommodate more spontaneous visits from locals and drive-in markets. That means visitors who haven't had any luck nabbing an advance reservation still have another shot so long as they're willing to wait two days before their visit. And finally, conservation groups are closing the fundraising gap on an effort to purchase 772 acres of Columbia Falls Aluminum Company land at the mouth of Bad Rock Canyon on the Flathead River. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, working in concert with the Flathead Land Trust, has proposed purchasing the forested parcel spanning 1.6 miles of the Flathead River near Columbia Falls. The property would be owned and managed by FWP as a wildlife management area while also providing free public recreation access in perpetuity. Currently, the nonprofit Flathead Land Trust, working with the Flathead Lakers, has raised nearly $7 million of the $7.1 million needed to purchase the Bad Rock Canyon Conservation Project property. That is our show for this week. You can read more about all of these stories and catch the latest breaking news for free on our newly redesigned website, flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.